Hey, any teacher who's ever made a joke that hurts someone's feelings, prompting an angry tongue lashing from a parent, knows that high school and middle school students take things too literally sometimes. So today, this list of short stories for teaching symbolism will help eradicate the problem and put an end, maybe, to the you hurt my kids' feelings nasty emails. Most DLA teachers feel like they don't have enough time to get everything done that they need to get done. That's why everything we do here at the Teaching ELA podcast is designed to help you leave on time today and still have a great lesson tomorrow. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms. Whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy, I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. In today's episode of the Teaching ELA Podcast, I discuss several short stories with a focus on symbolism. They include Mask of the Red Death, Through the Tunnel, The Minister's Black Veil, A Very Old Man with Enormous Wings, The Mustache, A Worn Path, Yellow Wallpaper, and whatever else comes to mind. As always, I've got an emergency lesson plan you can get on the board right now. Class is about to start and you need something right now, so here's the one thing you can put on the board right now so when the students come in, you'll be ready to roll. All lesson plans we discuss in this podcast can be found at elacommoncorelessonplans.com and they're all linked in the show notes. Show notes. You ready? You're at the board? Write this. I can cite textual evidence to support analysis. Or you can put, I can cite textual evidence to support analysis of symbolism in, and then whatever short story you choose to read. Purpose here is to help students understand how symbols in a work of art contribute to a story's theme or overarching truth the author is trying to convey. This is done by citing textual evidence and using that evidence to make a claim. Now, depending on the grade level you're teaching, the goal is for students to cite a piece of textual evidence, multiple pieces of textual evidence, the best textual evidence and or evidence that supports and refutes your claim. Write this objective on the board. Write the title of the story you're going to read on the board. If you only have two minutes, think fast. You could pick one of the stories I just listed. You could just grab your literature textbook and use uh, and find something real quick. So here's what you're doing. You got the objective up. You got the story up. You've chosen your story. So what you're going to do now is write these words, quote, an important symbol in blank, end of quote. So an important symbol in and in whatever short story you're reading. So beneath that, write the symbol. So an important symbol in, let's say you're teaching a white heron. So an important symbol in a white heron, it'd probably be the white heron. If you're teaching the scarlet ibis, an important symbol in the scarlet ibis would be the scarlet ibis. If you're teaching Mask of the Red Death, an important symbol could be the runes. If you're teaching through the tunnel, an important symbol could be the tunnel. Minister's Black Veil, you've probably figured out the important symbol in a minister, the Minister's Black Veil is the Black Veil. So you're writing on the top an important symbol in the short story you're reading. Beneath that, write the, write the actual symbol. For many stories, as I've already said, uh, where, symbol, where, symbols, where symbolism plays an important role in determining the story's theme, the story's title makes an important symbol. I just went over that. I know I went over it again because I felt like it. It's my podcast. I can do what I want. It's my podcast. I can do what I want with it. All right. Number three, underneath the important symbol, number the board one through five. That's all you're doing. You're not making a chart this time. I know you're disappointed. 
You're just numbering it one through five, and yes, it's important to provide the visual cue, the numbers one through five. As you read, cite specific examples of the symbol in the text. So let's say you're reading the necklace, but give a song. You would write the objective on the board. I can cite textual evidence uh, to support analysis. And then under that, you would write an important symbol in the necklace. And under that, you'd put the necklace. And as you read the necklace, you're going to have, you could, uh, you could do that. You could read this together or you could have students read on their own. It's your class. Most classes, I, you know, in a case like this, I just read together. Again, it depends on which students have demonstrated mastery, which students need practice. But if we're teaching the skill, if, we're pra if it's for practice purposes, then, you know, I read it together with them. If it's something they should have mastered already, I say read it on your own. Anyhow, as you read together, cite specific examples of the symbol in the text. You would just write them on the board and then have students copy them on their paper. That's their, that's, the, that's their evidence. Once your list is compiled, require students to discuss the importance of the symbols. It could be done in a variety of ways. You're going to have a discussion. It could be a, a small group class discussion. It could be kids working on their own. All right, so if you want to maximize classroom learning time, require students to answer a question. I, I prefer the race format, R-A-C-E. It's an acronym. It's not uh, any. It's not a controversial theory that's in the news right now. It stands for restate and answer the question, cite textual evidence, explain that answer. Okay, They will use evidence from the text to answer the question. That is, you could ask them about the symbol. What does the necklace, what does symbolism of the necklace contribute to the story's theme? Have them answer it. All right, you just got a 53-minute lesson done in like three minutes. That was probably more than two minutes. I've said two minutes, but you know, you could well, you could have done that in two minutes if you fast-forwarded. Listen to me on 1.8 speed, and you would have had that done in under two minutes. All right. If you have a few extra minutes, here are some things you may want to go over with the class about symbolism before you begin the lesson. Discuss, you know, talk about symbolism allows people to communicate beyond the limits of language. These notes, by the way, are at ELACommonForLessonPlans.com. I'm just telling you now, quick reminder, humans use symbolism all the time. Words themselves are mere symbols. The words I'm speaking right now are just symbols for something. They stand for something else. So when I say dog, I'm not literally, there's not, you know, you, you know, you know, when I say dog, you know what that is, right? But all it is is three symbols put together, D-O-G. We all have, I just created a dog from my mind. I can see that dog right now. A symbol is a person, place, or object that stands for something beyond itself. Y'all knew this. So we have, you know, there's national, religious, and cultural symbols. They have standard interpretations. We call those universal symbols. The American flag, for example. Now, the personal significance of the symbol differs. If you're in the military, the flag stands for, if you're in the American military, the American flag stands for pride, freedom, liberty. If you're an enemy to our great nation, then the flag stands for something completely different. So keep that in mind. And there's also, in addition to universal symbols, there's also textual symbols. That is, certain symbols only are that symbol in the text itself. They have no symbolism outside of the text. Let's get to our list of short stories for teaching symbolism. Let's start with the minister's black veil. Now, this is unique because the story is dominated by a single predominant object. You probably guessed that that's the minister's black veil. And the black veil, you know, de depending on your interpretation, could represent individual sin, original sin, passage from life to death, excessive pride. I've said this in previous podcasts, but I freaking hate Reverend Hooper. Terrible Reverend. 
like, look at me. I have a black veil on. I'm a sinner too, just like you. It's like, he's like the teacher who tries to be cool and skateboard with the kids. Sure, that guy. Sorry. All right. The necklace. We already talked about that. But get him over the song. Mademoiselle. And this one learns the danger of pretending to be someone she is not. I know this is probably hard to believe that people used to do this, but today no one would pretend to be something. You know, no one would, uh, your class won't understand because no one ever buys things they can't afford to impress their neighbors who bought too big a house that they can't afford. Can't make the payments on, right? So you can explain to students that in the past, people often pretended to be wealthier than they were in order to gain social status. They didn't have Facebook and, well, no one uses Facebook now, right? They didn't have the gram back then. That's Instagram. Or TikTok. Some ideas here is that, you know, for teaching the necklace right now as a pre-writing assignment, you could have students write about a time they pretended to be someone that they weren't and what the results were. Like the time I bragged about my daring feats on a diving board. So my friend took me cliff diving on the Colorado River. You guys ever been to Nelson's Landing, Colorado River? Uh, luckily, nobody noticed I peed my pants on the way down because it was in the water. Anyhow, it's too much personal life. They did notice I was crying as I floated in the fetal position in the, on the water, though. Anyhow, symbolism here. The big symbol here is the necklace. The necklace is fake. The necklace is fake. It's pretty obvious to us literary scholars that Madame Loiselle put all her trust in life on a fake necklace. Some places the story is called the false gems. And that's kind of, you know, give them a songs message that too often when we put our, uh, set our sights on material goods, it's all false. The Mustache by Robert Cormier. Oh, another French name, Cormier. I love this story. I never read it till a few years ago. I kind of came across it, really liked it. You got the story's protagonist decides to grow a mustache. He's like some 16 or 17-year-old kid. Wants to grow a mustache to make himself look older. To him, it's a symbol of it. He's an adult now. He's a grown man. As you know and I know, becoming an adult isn't all sunshine and rainbows. Or is it unicorn and rainbows? How does that phrase go? Anyhow, becoming an adult is not all unicorn and rainbows and sunshine and, and gallivanting about and frolicking in the flowers comes with some heavy duty. There's a price to pay because our protagonist has his mustache. He's mistaken for someone he's not. And well, he gets introduced into the world of adults. And I don't mean that in a, he gets some heavy stuff thrown his way. All right. Mask of the Red Death. Mask of the Red Death was good old Prince Prospero. This, some consider this an allegory that is everything's a symbol. You have the Red Death, which represents death in general. You have the castle. You have barricades representing the, the, the uselessness of man trying to, and women trying to fight against death. You've got clocks. Okay, time's approaching. Death's approaching. I have bad news for everyone. We're all going to die someday. And today we're one day closer to that day than we were yesterday. So make today count, please. We have Prince Prospero's rooms progressing from east to west, stages of life, all that. So they got lots of stuff here. So I got a great lesson plan idea at comicorlessonplans.com that would help you teach symbolism in Mask of the Red Death. Yep, through the tunnel. Here we have a vacationing lad with an overly protective mother. And this lad wants to swim through an underwater tunnel to prove his manhood. Because he sees all the wild natives doing it. He wants to fit in. All right, very old man with enormous wings. We have storms, birds, captive animals, and a very old man that represents something more. He's got wings for Pete's sake. Like, like literally, he has wings. It's not like he glued them on. No, the dude's got wings. He's like a birdman type thing. It's a little example of magical realism. This is a very, it's a very heavy story too. I mean, a winged man falls from the sky. A worn path by Eudora Welty as a the path itself serves as the predominant symbol. It's kind of the hero's journey type thing. 
going on here. Now, uh, African-American woman it takes a path every day into town to get her son or grandson medicine. Tons of symbols here. path she takes is the path into Natchez, Mississippi, which was a slave, a big slave trading post back pre-Civil War. Uh, you have uh, the boy suffers from a disease which takes his voice away. All right, we have the yellow wallpaper by uh, Charlotte Perkins Gilman. Uh, the narrator's a new mother. She's likely suffering from postpartum depression. Never having given birth, I can't really relate to that personally. Uh, she's confined to it. Now, back then, the, the you know, the treatment for this wasn't very good. She's confined to a single room, not even a good room. She's instructed to do nothing. Uh, the doctor or, uh, tells her to do nothing. Just sit there, heal. And uh, she has a subordinate position in the marriage. That's the way things were back then. You, you're definitely going to want to go over gender roles back in the day. You relate it to now as well. The yellow wallpaper takes on a life of its own. I didn't do a very good job explaining the yellow wallpaper. You're going to have to read it yourself. It's a hard story to explain. For more short stories teaching symbolism, go to LACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. Boom. All right, that sound can only mean one thing. It means it's time for the one... All right, now there are a ton of stories you can use to teach symbolism. Choosing one isn't really necessary, but since I have to choose one, because that's the name of this little segment I do called The One Thing. I'm going to choose the monkey's paw. Symbol here is the, actually the monkey's paw. I chose this one for, for a variety of reasons. I think we're near Halloween right now. I record these in advance, but uh, this one's scheduled to go out sometime around Halloween. So the monkey's paw is a good Halloween story. It's something all levels. You can you could teach this from 7th grade on up to 12th grade. It's got the symbol of the monkey's paw. The, the monkey's paw deals directly. This symbol deals directly with the story's theme, which is don't mess with fate. The theme stated explicitly. So this is a good... If you're going to teach one story with a symbol in it, this might be a good one. Well, not might be a good one. This will be a good one. Takeaway number one. Citing textual evidence to support symbol analysis leads to exploring the story's theme, which is pretty much the standard of all standards. Once students can do this, they can do this in any class. And all classes require this skill. Takeaway number two. Most literature has symbolic meanings that contribute to the story's overall theme. In fact, teachers are often, English teachers are often accused of looking for symbols where they're not, but I think there's symbols in everything. Three symbols can be universal or textual. Again, universal, that is, they have symbolic meaning outside of the story. Textual meaning they're a symbol only in that story. Hey, if you got something good today, give me a nice review and a like. And if you don't like this podcast, then don't review it. But please come back. The next one will be better. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review.